Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Logaman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome into the Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logaman, Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson in studio with us. It is week two, the home opener. The champs are coming to town. The Kansas City Chiefs, they've now won two of the last four Super Bowls. They've hosted five straight AFC championship games. We saw them twice last year. Coach, they're the team to beat if you want to take over the AFC, right? It's a daunting task, but, uh, you know, if you want to be one of the guys standing at the end, you got to beat these these types of football teams. And this is a well-coached team, uh, great leadership on the football team. they got some some great skill and ability, as we know. We've got a couple players back from, you know, different situations that uh, uh, probably give them a little boost right now. But... And look, they—it's um, a good football team all around, and um, you know it's going to take a really good effort on our part. Uh, the, I guess the thing that's going for us too is we have familiarity with them, having played them twice last year, and it felt like we had opportunity in both games, particularly the playoff game, uh, to to uh, you know do some things. But um, you know you just can't make mistakes in order to to beat teams like this. Well, and the great thing is is that you get them at home, and I'm sure that this place is going to be absolutely rocking on Sunday. That's the that's the best part, right? And hopefully a little bit warm, you know, for the guys coming in here. But uh, yeah, we're excited. It should be a great electric crowd. Uh, looking forward to that. We, you know, obviously uh, feeding off the the last two football games a year ago, playoff type atmospheres, and and um, that's kind of what we expect. And and we hope that's the way, and that's the case. And and uh, really looking forward to to this matchup, you know, Sunday afternoon. You know, we, we did a show with Bucky Brooks. You might have heard of him the other day. Um, and he talked about uh, competitive stamina. And that's what this Chiefs team seems to have. Late in games, they get better. You talked about it this week. They get better as it goes along. But in those big moments late in the fourth quarter, they can elevate their game. How can you take the Jaguars team to match that this week? It's a big phrase for Bucky. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's where we're trying to get to. We're, we're trying to get to to that level. I think our team is really... Uh, we've learned it, you know, um, but now we've got to, we've got to prove it week in and week out. And, and especially in games like this, this is, this is only week two, but this could potentially have implications for January, right? When you, when you're talking postseason, So, um, yes, they know how to elevate as the game game goes on, they can elevate their play. Uh, Chris Jones seems to get a little bit warmer as the game goes on and he can, if he needs a sack, guess what? He's going to go get a sack. And uh, if, if Patrick Mahomes needs to make a play, he's going to make a play. So um, that's what we're trying to do. I think our guys are headed in that direction. Um, and that's sustainability, right? We, we, we've learned how to win. We've learned how to overcome some adversity to win. Um, and those are all things in our favor right now. You mentioned that uh, Kansas City has kind of figured out how to win and the competitive stamina Bucky talks about. It's crazy to think that Patrick Mahomes has never had a playoff game away from Arrowhead Stadium. And you mentioned about how this game can impact what happens down the road. I mean, there it is right there. Get them out of their, their home place. It, you're absolutely right. And, you know, they're so good. That crowd is so loud up there in, in Kansas City. And, and uh, obviously the, the players feed off of that. And, and, it, and it makes it a challenge for visiting teams to go in there. And, and obviously, you know, we're, we're accustomed to that, having gone there twice last year. So getting them here in front of our crowd, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, um, 
you know, that's the that's the part that, that we're most excited about. Um, you know, playing a uh, not only the world champion but a playoff caliber football team this early in the season again uh, is a is a good little benchmark for our football team. Uh, watching the film on them every year with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, it, you have to worry about what he does on schedule. But then you have to worry about the next play, which is when things go off schedule and he just starts doing the Patrick Mahomes thing. Is that one of the most challenging aspects of him? It's one of the hardest things to, to really um, to do to defend a guy like Pat Mahomes. I mean, he, he, he's so good off schedule, as you mentioned, you know, the, the ability to scramble, the ability to get out of sacks. Um, we had him wrapped up a few times last year in the playoff game and he got out of those and made some, some, uh, some plays for them, you know, and, it's just a. It's it's got to. We thing is with with quarterbacks like this, you've got to stay completely disciplined in your in your rush lanes, right? The second you dip inside, he's going outside. Or you get too high, he's going to step up, and um, you got to collapse the pocket the best way you can and, and work your games and things of that nature and pressure him just a little bit. And then, you know, the back end, the back end when he scrambles, they've got a that plaster technique, right? They've got a find a receiver and just stick with him and and ultimately 87 seems to be the guy that wiggles loose and and uh you know we've got to have a plan and be prepared for that yeah um how do you begin to plan for that he put had 14 catches in the playoff game last year but they weren't big long break it open catches it was just down the field when those big open down the field catches come that's when the game can get away from you right exactly um you look at that one of the touchdowns last year was just a nice little dump pass back inside you know, and, and we over pursue just a little bit and, and, and he runs in for the touchdown. So, you know, yeah, they're not big, you know, back breaking type plays, but at the same time, those are those are chain movers and, and it keeps their offense on the field. And so we've got to do a great job, stay disciplined, as we mentioned, and and uh, and really execute our plan. You spent 11 years with with Andy Reid. Do you, do you have maybe a sense or a feel for what his play calling would be in a game like this to where? You could have a conversation with Mike Caldwell. Hey, this is probably what he's thinking. Yeah, there's there's certain situations, you know, in the game that you kind of have an idea what he's thinking. You know, of course, you know, he, he, he's changed a little bit from from the days that, that we've spent together. But, you know, he's he as the game progresses, he's he's great about collecting information and he's going to use formations, motions, shifts. Uh, where's the tight end? Uh, where's the back? He's going to gather all this information early in a football game and then use that to his advantage, obviously, late in the football game. So whatever he has dialed up in his game plan, um, you know, uh, early, you're, you're not going to see a ton out of him early. Uh, it's later in the game. And really, when they start catching steam is late in the football game, and it's because of the, the, the information that he's gathered early on, you know, uh, in, in those ball games. Calvin Ridley was not in these games last year. So what does the addition of Calvin do? And this could be really for a lot of games this year, but certainly against this Chiefs team. How does that change um, as a play caller, as, as an offensive mindset for this team against the Chiefs? They haven't seen him before. They've got to figure that out, right? Exactly right. And, and you know, we feel like we're a pretty good football team as well. And, and so they have to defend, you know, our skill and ability on offense. And, and you know, obviously looking at what Calvin did, you know, last week against the Colts is something they'll have to – you know, pay attention to, but, you know, it does open up a different level, um, of down the field, you know, with the speed that Calvin has. And, and, um, you know, we were able to get behind, uh, this, this chief's defense, you know, a year ago and just, just came up just off the fingertips of Christian the one time. And, you know, I, I thought Zay, uh, Zay had some ability to get in behind and make some big plays down the stretch. So 
you know, there's some, there's enough there that, that, you know, that, that they have to account for obviously. And, and, you know, Spags is I've, I've, I was in the same division with Spags, you know, in the NFC East for so many years and coached against him for a long time. So kind of have a feel for, for him as well. But, you know, we, we just made too many mistakes. We made too many protection errors, you know, um, again, and, and some of it's directly related to the crowd noise in Kansas City and not being able to hear and see some of the points and different things like that. So those are the things that we have to clean up as an offense. And then defensively, it's all about communication. Yeah, you mentioned Spags. Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, is who you're referring to. He, he's kind of known for having this aggressive style of defense and just kind of want to bring this up because, you know, you mentioned, you know, just off the outstretched fingertips of Christian Kirk. Because he's aggressive, there are opportunities down the field, right? There are. There are. And, you know, and obviously he uses his personnel extremely well. Um, he's got a great young secondary that's just ascending, in my opinion, two young good linebackers. And, of course, Chris Jones up front. I think him and, you know, 91 are two really good interior pass rushers. They're young on the edge, but I, I think that they're – they're they're pretty decent there but you know spags has been aggressive you look at the detroit game you know uh, a week ago thursday and and you see the pressure you see the the zero blitz you see two four from a side you know so he's constantly just throwing wrinkles at you go back and watch the super bowl against the eagles i mean he, he he's blitzing he's playing zero and then he's playing coverage so again there are opportunities, and, and, and when they're there, you know, we've got to make the most of them. I mentioned earlier that you spent 11 years with Andy Reid. What's the greatest thing you learned from him in 11 years, whether it been as a player or as a coach? I'm going to tell you, um, over those 11 years, you know, just Andy's always just Andy. He's the same guy every single day, and I think that's something that I've I tried to be, you know, uh, in my, my days as a coach, head coach, and, and obviously here is just trying to be the same person every single day. And, you know, he loves to be around the players. You know, that's why Kansas City has been a great spot for him since Philadelphia because he, he really loves to be around the guys and, and coach football. And, um, you know, it, it's just it, – it's something that's when – you're, when you're inside the ropes, so to speak, to see it, um, it's pretty special. And he, he's a big family guy. He's got grandchildren of his own, and the, he loves to have them around the facility and the building and loves to be Andy Reid. But just, just him being him. Uh, you know, it was one of the biggest things that I've, I've taken away from him. All right, Doug, final thought. You know, knocking off the Chiefs, I guess, would send an early message around the league. I'm not so sure if you're into that part of it. It is still week two. There's a lot of football left as well. But you talked about it earlier. I mean, for seeding later, if it comes down to that, this game is vital when they start handing out playoff seeds. So where's the balance there? It's week two, a lot of football left. But this could mean a lot down the road, too. It, it does. And, and number one thing is we got to improve from week one. Um, there was enough mistakes in week one uh, that if we don't fix, um, you know, th this game could go sideways in a hurry. And, you know, so our guys have been been dialed in on that this week. And um, But you're absolutely right. You know, we've, we've just got to come in there. We, we've, we can't worry about them. We've got to continue to focus and prepare for us and eliminate the mistakes and the penalties and some of the silly things that showed up in week one and, and, and go out and compete. And, um, you know, you, you look at our early schedule, there's two AFC teams anyway, this one and the Bills, that, that could potentially have postseason implications. So, um, you know, we got to do the best job we can to, to try to uh, get the upper hand if possible.
Doug, tie, tie uh, breaks and head to head. Exactly right. Like, I don't want to go to either place in, yeah, in January yeah. or February. No, have them come <laughs> back down here. That's for sure. Uh, Doug, thanks for the time. Good luck to you this Thank week. you so much. Head coach Doug Peterson with us. And the Chiefs-Jaguars game is presented by Everbank. Advantage you. Make the most of your money at everbank.com slash Jaguars. Plenty more ahead previewing the Chiefs and the Jags, plus Ian Eagle of CBS Sports in about 15 minutes. This is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. And we're inside the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida rolls along. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson joining us in studio. Getting ready for week two. A lot to gather out of that conversation, Logs. But let's start with the last part there. He's, he's not scared of the... The playoff word and the seeding implications that come with a game like this. He's been there and done that. But I think around these parts, it's a little foreign to be talking about the playoffs in week two, right? This is a different mindset, and you got to get used to it. Well, and it's it's great because, I mean, it, it shows confidence. It shows that uh, there's a belief in this football team. And, uh, you know, the reality is is that it could have a part in what happens down the road, but it's down the road. You know, and there's a lot of football to play between now and then. But there's nothing wrong with talking about it. But, hey, you know, because I think if you talk about it in the right context, it's okay. Yeah. And I think that Doug is talking about it in the right context, that it could have – some type of impact on us down the road. Because they feel like they're a playoff team. They're not shying away. Hey, we're going to go to the playoffs. We're going to be in that mix, right? Well, if you're going to be in that mix, you might as well have the home field to go with it too, right? And a game like this could come in handy. Well, and in that regard. Well, especially with Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City's been competing from the comfort of home over the last five years with Patrick Mahomes. It's amazing that – they have never had a road playoff game with Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I mean, the only time that they've ever been on the road has been a Super Bowl. We, me and you and Brian Sexton were talking about that uh, earlier today. <laughs> that's, that's incredible that Patrick Mahomes has never had a playoff game away from Arrowhead Stadium unless it's been a Super Bowl. That's crazy. Mm. You know, so if, uh, if you're going to take the king down, so to speak – and what better opportunity than to get the king out of his kingdom to have that game? Chiefs kingdom? That's what they call it. Well, I mean, I know. I know. That's, yeah, I thought you were playing that's on a, words. That's a tough place to play, <laughs> yeah, man. That's a tough place to play. Absolutely it is. You know, and if you get it uh, here, then you got the home field advantage just like you had for the playoff game last year against the Chargers and the playoff atmosphere that you had against Tennessee. I mean, how big of an advantage was it in those two games? Huge. Another point. Um, yeah, that's fine, and all that's out there. But they've just got to get better from last week. It is just one step forward in a 17-game progression. It's from week one to week two. What kind of improvement do you expect from this Jags team? I, I think there's a – first of all, the, the early part of the season on offense is still a work in progress because you're not – you know. You're, you don't have a ton of reps in the preseason. And then you also don't have a lot of reps with all the starters intact, whether it be for injury or, or whatever. And I think let's start with the offensive line. The more reps that they get together, the more time they have on task, the better they're going to be. 
and that will allow everybody else to be better and more time for Trevor in the pocket, clearer windows to see through, uh, ability to deliver the ball more accurately because his footwork can be cleaner. So, I mean, I think that all of those things will naturally get better. Trevor will be better in week two. I thought early in the game uh, I made a comment in our broadcast that I thought he was amped up. You know, I was watching him warm up on the sideline, and you, you could kind of tell that he – he had this this energy, and sometimes it's hard because opening games are always like that. I mean, you don't have a pulse if you're not amped for the first game. And then you learn to kind of bring it back down in the second game and bring it back down to a reasonable level. And so I think Trevor will be better early in game two as opposed to early in game one. I think the, the execution, the knowledge of where you need to be, for example, on the fourth and one, Okay, you have that throw to Evan Ingram. It's like a little tight end, quick throw, and you get two tight ends out in front and block, right? I think this week you'll have a more decisive uh, blocking out in front of Evan Ingram to where you can convert that fourth and one without any issue. I mean, all of those things I think are opportunities to get cleaned up. You know, the great thing about that game in Indianapolis was is that it was back and forth. It was Mm nerve-wracking, but you ended up winning by 10. But how many teaching moments did you have in that game because it was back and forth and sometimes there was a moment of, oh, my gosh, they could lose. You know, you were thinking that. That's true. And so when you have a game like that, players listen when – I think they players listen more intently when you lose because they don't want to lose. But when they win – but then they felt like they haven't played their best and they and they understand that they weren't at their best, they're more apt to listen as well. And so I think it's a, a good opportunity for this team to learn from it and get better in week two. Let's come back in a moment. We'll take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs offense a little bit. And coming up in a little bit, we'll hear from – Iron Eagle, CBS Sports. That's right around the corner. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. And the Doug Peterson Show is presented by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. He joins us in the opening 10, 15 minutes or so of the show each and every week. Glad to have him. And uh, he, he dropped some today. He dropped some knowledge on us. This uh, Chiefs-Jaguars matchup is close to us. Personal for him, I think. Just because of the head coach across the field from him and everything that goes with that. And you know, for this Jaguars team, too, they, you might hear it different ways from different players. Some guys are saying, oh, it's just the next game. But some guys, yeah, you know what? This Chiefs team beat them twice last year and knocked them out of the playoffs. There's something to that. Well, and there, and there is. And, look, uh, there's there's a relationship with Andy Reid, as you could tell. And uh, before we went on the air, I asked him, I said, you know, do you, do you talk to Andy, you know, a week like this? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> so I asked, I said, you know, it was – is there maybe other weeks that you would talk to Andy that you're not playing him? He goes, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely then. He goes, but this week, no. <laughs> no, not, not when they're playing each other, for sure. Um, but, but it was also interesting that I asked him about what's the greatest thing that you've ever learned from Andy Reid, you know, of all those years together. And he said, you know, just that Andy was always himself. He didn't try to be anything else. And that means that Andy is a genuine person. 
And, and I think that coaches that stay genuine and true to who they are, their message can reach the players and they can lead that way. The ones that try to be something they're not. Um, there's a guy in Vegas that uh, first time around in Denver tried to be something he wasn't, Josh McDaniels. And hopefully he's learned from that experience and, tr- and just tries to be himself in Las Vegas from now on. But – but, I mean, that's a great lesson learned for Doug is that be yourself and be true to yourself, and that's awesome. By the way, uh, with a win on Sunday, Andy Reid would move to 270 wins all time, regular season and playoffs combined. That would tie him for fourth in the history of the league with Tom Landry. Wow. Uh, Don, Sh- Don Shula, 347. Bill Belichick, 329. George Hallis, 324. Pretty cool at – Cowboys Stadium. Let's make that two weeks from now, by the way. AT&T Stadium, whatever you call it. You know, you got the retired jersey numbers that are up there, you know. Mm-hmm. and The Ring of Honor. And the Ring of Honor, the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor, whatever they call it. Everybody has a different name for it. And with Tom Landry, they got the the silhouette of the hat. Yeah, that's right. You know, the famous hat. No doubt. Um, yeah, there's that great shot on NFL films of just his silhouette with the the backlit stadium mm-hmm. behind him, you know exactly who it is. Well, because you had the the window yeah. in the roof of the stadium, mm-hmm. so God could shine down on the Cowboys, right. and that provided that back uh, backlit picture for that for that moment. Then Tom Landry was a great coach, and I mean, I grew up a Washington Redskins fan back when they were called that, yeah. and so some of the the games against the the Cowboys were legendary when the Cowboys were really good and the Redskins were. Had a couple good years in there as well. Well, let's hold the celebration for a couple weeks, Andy. How about that? I'm all for that. Yeah, the Jaguars win this week. Yeah, you don't ever want to have a kind of a, a landmark occasion event happen on your watch. When we return, we'll hear from Ian Eagle. CBS Sports, he has the call of the game this week on CBS. And we'll get his thoughts on the Jaguars' resurgence and if they're ready. For the big stage this Sunday, that's next on the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. And the Doug Peterson Show is presented by Fresh from Florida, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman back shortly. Ian Eagle is the reigning National Sportscaster of the Year from the National Sports Media Association. And he's been with the NFL on CBS since 1998. And I caught up with him this week. He has the call of the game this Sunday with Charles Davis in the booth with him. And I asked him if the Jaguars are ready for the big time. You get certain games over the course of a season that you know feel a little different. And in in this league, you're always chasing something. So in the case of Jacksonville, you're you're chasing the Chiefs. You're you're chasing greatness. You're chasing uh, stability. You're chasing credibility. And even in the case of Kansas City, they're chasing history. So it never stops. Even if you win a championship, you still feel pressure to perform and hit a certain standard. I think the the difference that you feel with this Jacksonville team this year is that the standard is higher and the expectations are higher and rightfully so. Uh, they, they've proven to be a team that are going to turn some heads over the course of the season. And now it's certain games along the way where people will make judgments and form opinions on you. And this is one of those games. There's no getting around it. How different are the Chiefs 
if Kelsey can't go? How different of an offense are they? It doesn't feel like they're as explosive as they, as they were yep. a couple years ago. Yeah, they definitely don't have the game breakers that they've had in the past. Of course, Tyreek Hill, even McCole Hardman. Uh, you had some guys that could wreck a game, and you just don't get that same mystique around the Chiefs' offense that they once had. Now, I, I would tell you their running game is probably a little more effective because Pacheco is a punishing runner, and if you get a lead, which Patrick Mahomes is certainly capable of doing for the Chiefs, they can milk clock. They can wear you down with his physical running style, angry style. So it might be a little bit more of that compared to what we saw in previous years with the Chiefs. Here's the thing with Andy Reid. He's a problem solver on offense. He's going to figure some things out. We recognize that he's very creative. And if you give him enough time, he will sort through the issues. So the idea that anyone's figured out the Chiefs now after week one against Detroit, I don't buy into it. Uh, they have been able to reinvent themselves a number of times, even in their two Super Bowl wins. It wasn't done in the same exact fashion. So uh, this is a Kansas City team that usually figures it out when the smoke clears. The coaching matchup, of course, Peterson's been with Andy Reid since he was a player yep. um, in Green Bay going back that far and has been an assistant with him, obviously. But now Reid's a win away from tying Tom Landry on the all-time wins list. That's pretty remarkable. But seeing their styles, that's obviously the, the bulk of where Doug Peterson's coaching ideas, style, mindset of how to build an organization came from. But at some point, you got to go beat him. Right. He hasn't beat him yet. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of this evolution of being a coach is odds are you're going to probably go against your mentor at some point. If you've been in this league long enough, this particular relationship, I think, is even more unique just based on the fact that their relationship goes back to the coach player day. So they really know one another they know every aspect. They know each other at different points of their respective lives, personally, professionally. Doug is is fairly straightforward when you talk to him about this stuff. He, he doesn't mince words. He learned how to be a, a real NFL coach from, from Andy Reid. And that's not taking anything away from others that may have mentored him in his life. It's just the bulk of his knowledge base is from Andy Reid. And not just how to call a game or how to install an offense, but how to run a program. And I think to me, you're around it every single day, so you get the minutia. I parachute in, parachute out. What stands out to me now with Jacksonville is the professionalism in which this team is run. And that doesn't happen in every situation where a new coach and new assistants and a whole new concept comes in. Culture is a big deal. And from day one, you just felt a very seismic shift from Doug Peterson taking over the program and changing the vibe. And it's not a simple fix. Uh, it usually takes a while. With Doug, it was immediate because he knew how to do it. He had done it before and he had been around it for so long. And a lot of that does have to do with Andy Reid and, of course, Doug and just his personal touch and his bedside manner and the way in which he treats people, uh, his staff members, his players, 
people within the organization that have nothing to do with football. You know, that's just Doug as a human being, and it's gone a long way in bringing credibility to this franchise again. What kind of early season salvo would this be if the Jaguars pulled it off around the NFL? Or is it it's week two, right? There's a lot of football left. It is, but you saw the reaction that Detroit got after getting a week one win. I just think there's validation that comes with knocking off whoever's at the mountaintop. And that's part of being the defending Super Bowl champion is you're going to get everybody's best effort every single week because they know if you beat the defending champs that following week in your facility there's there's something else happening you feel something you feel like we belong quote unquote and that's a big part of this game is does that permeate around your practice facility through your offices there's something about the NFL that's different than any other sport based on the fact that you only play once a week and you win, you feel the reverberations of that. You lose, you feel that too. It's hard to get that taste out of your mouth. You do it against, quote unquote, the best team in the NFL, potentially, it's layered. And I think it would mean a lot for, for Jacksonville to, to get a win like this and for their program. Just to remind everybody that it's going in the right direction and good things are ahead. It's Ian Eagle, CBS Sports. He has the call of the game this Sunday, and always good to catch up with him. The full conversation, extended conversation, coming up soon on the official Jaguars podcast network. We'll return. Jeff Lagerman joins me again. And this Chiefs defense, where the Jaguars could take advantage this Sunday. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show is presented by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to Ian Eagle for the conversation this week. Doug Peterson joining us in the opening segment each and every week also. The Chiefs and the Jaguars game presented by Everbank this Sunday. Packed house, standing room only. You know, I would expect logs. A similar feel to the Titans game at the end of the regular year last year and the playoff game. Uh, Just because it'll be close. It'll uh, be close. Defending champs are here. Home opener. Jags won a division game last week. I mean, there's a lot going on in this game. I mean, it's going to be um, a lot of energy. It's going to have a great feel to it. And I don't know if it would have that sense of urgency of Tennessee or the playoff game just because, you know, there's no tomorrow. Had to have them. Yeah. But, I mean, here's the other thing. You've got Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs coming in here, which is, I think, gives you a, a lot of energy in and of itself. I mean, that's a good football team, good coach, Hall of Fame type coach. And they're coming into your place. And last year, all the fan base knows that. This football team went out there twice and lost, and they know that they have a home field advantage in Kansas City, and they want to give this football team the same here. It really feels like the 18 Patriots game, 2018. Jags lost in the AFC yeah. Championship game in New England, knocked them out in just awful fashion. The Jaguars were, were robbed of that game, didn't, didn't work out. Uh, they come in week two, and the Jaguars beat them, and this place was going crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, but uh, you remember who the quarterback was in 2018? I do. And? It was Blake. The the, the, the great Blake and, Bortles. I yeah. love him. And, and he's it was a great guy. Tom but, Brady on the other side. But you just don't, you know, with – I think it just feels different now, obviously, because 
it's Trevor. And there's a high amount of confidence that you have a legitimate franchise quarterback that we've only begun to see how good he can be. And I, I can't wait for the moments. I mean, that you go back to that game in Indianapolis. Some of the throws that he had in that game, the one to Zay where he literally throws the ball and Zay's at like the nine-yard line. The double move didn't really work, but Trevor puts it in the perfect spot. And a great catch by Zay. Mm-hmm. You know, the bootleg to the left throw to to uh, uh, Zay. No, to Zay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the one touchdown to Zay was just a great job by Trevor of extending the play. And believe it or not, the offensive line did a really good job that on was, that. Oh, and Calvin. That was the Calvin That's Ridley Calvin's touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. But the bootleg to the left, and then where he kind of – tossed that ball into Zay right before the safety could make a, a hit on Zay. You know, when a quarterback's running to his left and to be able to touch that one in and, and in there, I mean, that was excellent throw. And then the one throw to Ridley where the two defenders were closing the window and then collided with each other. I mean, talk about throwing the ball into tight windows. I mean, you know, and, and the decision-making wasn't fantastic. You know, he had some great moments, but there's a lot for him to even improve upon. And when all of a sudden you see the advancement that he's going to make this year, I think we're we're in for a treat. You think they put a number up on the Chiefs? I think they win. I don't know what the number is going to be, but I just I feel like that this team right now is in a good place, a little bit better place than Kansas City right now, and then they've got home field advantage. You know, and you know, there's a – now, the old argument, you know, well, the Chiefs are going to come in. They're going to be upset because they lost week one. And I kind of sat there and I was like thinking about that for a minute. I'm like, well, wait a minute. The Jaguars lost to them twice last year. So are they going to be madder? Yeah. You know, I mean. We're ranking mad fans and teams all of a sudden. <laughs> I just, How's that work? I just think I that know. the Jaguars football team, I think they're ready to to – to play this Kansas City Chiefs football team, and I think that this team matches up better than they have in the past. You know, in in games past, you were always thinking about, wow, you know, this Jaguars football team, if they're going to get a win, they got to steal a possession, they've got to do this, they've got to win the turnover battle, they've got to, you know, control the off-schedule plays by Pat Mahomes, they've got to limit Kelsey. It's a long list. I mean, yeah, you got to, you had all these things that you were thinking about, like, and they kind of added up to the perfect game. Yeah, right. I don't think the Jaguars need to play a perfect game to win. I think they need to play a good game, which is – that's a different perspective from me from last year to this year. I thought last year had to have a couple breaks, had to, you know, steal a possession, do this, do that. And then I don't want to say have a perfect game, but you had to have those things kind of fall that way. This year, I think if this team plays it straight and plays well, they win. The Jaguars went to Arrowhead in the regular season last year and executed an onside kick on the opening kickoff of the game. There was your stolen possession. That's right. And well, it didn't It didn't help. They missed a field goal or something, right? Something happened. Yeah, you, you ended up not getting any points out of it, yeah. which hurt. You know, and you, you had a couple throws to Christian that were down the field that were just missed and uh yeah but i mean i think this time and look this team is this team i think is in a different mindset than last year and and they should be because they're a good football team and but the reality is if you're a good football team you still have to go out there and show that you're a good football team and you got to execute 
I misspoke. It was a punt. It was not a missed field goal. They got to the Kansas City 39. That was Yeah, got no, no points out of it. Zero yeah. points. We'll return. Plenty more ahead on this matchup. The Chiefs and the Jaguars coming up Sunday at the bank. And this is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Market of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Publix is helping fans gear up for game day with the limited time Jaguars sub. Piled high with hot deli chicken tenders, boar's head bacon, cheddar cheese, coleslaw, and barbecue mayonnaise on a white sub roll. The Jaguar sub is an easy, delicious meal for any fan. Make it an ultimate game day by ordering the Jaguar sub online for in-store pickup. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. The Chiefs and the Jaguars coming up week two at Everbank Stadium. The home opener this Sunday. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. I have in front of me, Jeff, the Chiefs injury report. What do you got? A lot of eyeballs on it this week because of the players uh, that have been uh, on the shelf last week. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back with an illness, did not practice Wednesday. He was full today. Should be good to go. Chris Jones was uh, obviously uh, with a contract dispute. Has been limited both days, getting back to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, the defensive tackle. Uh, Travis Kelsey, tight end, with a knee injury, limited Wednesday, limited Thursday. You know what he can do. So why press the issue, right? Well, he's look, uh, a veteran guy. Yeah. You know, give him, give him some reps. I think, I think he plays. I don't think there's any doubt. Okay. Uh, Legereus Sneed, cornerback with a knee injury, limited the last two days, including today. Richie James, wide receiver, full with a knee issue. There's three or four other guys that have little things have been full both days, including Kadarius Toney with uh, what is listed as a knee injury, but full both days of practice. Uh, he's had, he's had, that's what kept him out of training camp Yep, for so long was the knee that he was rehabbing. And uh, I give Andy Reid credit. You know, Kadarius Tony had a tough outing, and Andy Reid kind of accepted some of the blame. He did at his own doorstep. He did, and that's what good coaches do. And I, I, I got a lot of respect for Andy Reid because he didn't have to do that, but he came out and he said, you know, he goes, you know, I take some of the responsibility of that because he hadn't had training camp, and you know, we just put him right out there and expected him just to kind of hit the ground running, and that probably wasn't fair to him. And, Probably asked some things that uh, to, for him to do that I probably shouldn't have asked. I, I give. I think you know when players see that, uh, they they respond to that. They got a lot of respect for that. Yeah, I mean he's got a lot built up over the years like that too. That's not the oh, first yeah, time yeah. that's happened. Yeah, and, and and here's the crazy thing. That's that's honesty. You know, that's Andy just being Andy and being honest. You know, I, I don't think he's doing that because he's going. Yeah, you know. I'll get some points from the <laughs> locker room if I kind of take some of the blame. Yeah. That's just I think that's how Andy's wired. Yeah, if it was the other way around, then he, you know, he's not going to throw his players under the bus either. That's just not his mo. Unless uh, he'll still tell you the truth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's you know, for yeah, the most part kind of got that grandfatherly kind of approach, you know. Yeah, but it was it was funny watching his press conference from yesterday, and he kept getting asked about the whole Chris Jones thing. <laughs> And he's like, you know, I don't know what else to tell you guys. I mean, he's a really good football player. <laughs> you know, because everybody wanted to have more info. 
you know, how it went down, the communication, you know, did Andy step in and, you know, how does it change this football team? How is he going to be received? Yeah, and he just kept saying, well, look, he's a part of he's a big part of our success that we've had around here, and he's a really good football player, and it's great to have him back. What more <laughs> needs to be said? <laughs> right. By the way, we're talking about Andy Reid. Uh, have you seen the video, and I think they've shown it on games, of Andy Reid participating in the punt, pass, and kick competition as a teenager? Yeah, when he looked like he was, he had like an illegal birth certificate. <laughs> right. He was massive, and the kid behind him was like half his size. Yeah, I did hilarious. see that. Great video. Did um, you ever do that, by the no. way, punt, pass, and kick? I, I did that all as a kid for years and had, I don't know how many trophies for – Punt, pass, and kick, but there's probably a lot of people out there that have no idea what punt, pass, and kick is. What is it there, Logs? You participated. Well, it, it was uh, – so you would go to these, and they would have different competitions, and and the one would be – the first one would be kind of local, and then if you did well, then you would advance to the next one. And so you literally would throw the ball as far as you could, and you – wanted to make it straight, okay? So they had like a line going down the field. So if you threw it straight and it landed on the line, that's your distance. If you threw it a long way and it veered off to the right, let's say 10 yards away from the main center line, then they subtracted 10 yards mm. off of the total distance because it was inaccurate. And then the punts and the kicks were the same way. So you had essentially a score that added up the distance that you punted and the distance that you kicked, and the, the distance that you threw. So punt, pass, and kick. And then you would have a winner. They would have age groups and uh, girls' divisions, and and it was cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Did you ever win? I won some of the lower-level contests, you know, wow. the, the local ones. Yeah. But uh, then once I got up to the other ones, then, yeah, I, I, didn't, have, I, didn't, have the, I didn't have the big arm. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's come back. Our final thoughts ahead of this Chiefs-Jaguars game. What a game it should be here at the bank. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Final minutes of the program this week. The Chiefs-Jaguars game is presented by EverBank. Advantage you. Make the most out of your money at everbank.com slash Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Doug Peterson in the opening segment. We had I'm Eagle, packed show. Glad you've joined us. Join us again on Sunday for Countdown to Kickoff here on the Jaguars Radio Network. That begins at noon ahead mm. of the 102 official kickoff time at the bank, get down here early. It will be a packed house. Yeah, it'll be packed. And, uh, you know, Kansas City, I wonder, it'll be interesting to see how their fans travel. When you've won two Super Bowls in the last four years, you have fans everywhere. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree with that. But Kansas City has never been known, to me anyway, that that was a team that traveled well. Like you know, cowboy fans travel well. Well, there's cowboy. I don't Green think Green Bay travel. fans travel well. I don't think that. I don't, they're Pittsburgh not Steelers travel well. Well, they're here. They're all here. Mm-hmm. They really travel in. The Bills fans traveled in. Bill fans travel. Right. Okay. But like, there's Steeler fans everywhere. I think. I, th- I think there's going to be. 
I think a be lot of teal things. and not very much red. That's fine. That's the way it should be. I totally agree. We'll take it. Well, I just think 69. What is it going to be like? 69,000 Yeah, in the high 60s. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Weather forecast. What's, what's the weather? Uh, let's take a look real quick. Get 95 the, degrees, please. Uh, no, it's not going to be that hot. Um, right now, high 87, 60% chance of 60. rain. 60. <sighs> So we'll see. A few days out, that I, could change. I, I just hope it doesn't rain just because, you know, you want to. want a fast track for these teams. Yeah, right? I mean, you want to have, you want to see teams to be able to execute what they do best. And, look, we're talking about two of the best quarterbacks in the league and, and the best quarterback in the league for sure, Patrick Mahomes. You want to see the conditions that are conducive for those guys to do their thing. I mean, this is, the again, the marquee matchup of all quarterbacks in week two in the National Football League. So it's the best. Enjoy uh, the show tonight. All access. Big Roy. Roy Robertson Roy, Harris, the Roy, guest. That Roy Robertson <laughs> Harris guy. <laughs> He's at String Sports Brewery tonight. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato, David Cho, Brent Reber, Andrea Curry, Eric Waringa, William Pease, Kate Waske, our entire crew. And thanks to you for listening and for watching The Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.